Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your host, the number one fuck boy. Fuck boy. Fuck boy, John Gabris here talking. For- hey, I asked you a while ago, give me some podcast topic ideas, and you fucking nerds were relentless begging me to do a D&D episode. I feel like somebody out there has got a hyper-specific fetish, and we are here to tell you that that itch is going to be scratched. With me today are two buddies, comedians, and also guys that I was in a campaign with for a short period of time. Andre Dubouchet and Charlie Sanders. Guys, thanks for coming. Greetings, sir. <laughs> Please take your cloak off. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you for the ale. How many gold pieces will it be, sir? Refill my mug of mead, please. My flagon. <laughs> I just want to say that if you don't know who any of us are, Google image search us, and then imagine the three of us talking to microphones. You don't think we're going to be talking about Dungeons and dragons you think we're gonna be talking about craft brews or the bears yeah <laughs> or it's uh, specifically like a bear podcast <laughs> like that kind of bear that yeah. kind of bear the good kind mm. um my favorite's the grizzly <laughs> the elusive grizzly eight hit die um thacko of 17 be a good role-playing game a bear hunter <laughs> bear hunter you're like a caveman in the Okay, I'm Maybe still thinking like Chelsea. Well, Far Cry Primal oh, oh, comes yeah. out next spring. That's exactly what it is, I think. Far Cry Primal because I like the oh, first. Yeah. I yeah. like the Far Cry mm. games. And yeah, the, the next one takes place in like caveman times. Oh, that's with saber awesome. tigers and mastodons. And oh, that's awesome. I mean, the most fun thing about Far Cry is g- upgrading to the sniper rifle. So I can't imagine how. <laughs> Dude, here's you get the, the sharpest the rocks. Spear. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a role playing game called Bear Hunter where you alternate between realities of being a caveman hunting bears for food and, and being a gay dude in Chelsea looking for <laughs> a fat hairy guy to have sex with. And as always, anything said on the High and Mighty podcast is copywritten by High and Mighty Corporation. <laughs> so don't even try don't it out try there. Don't try it. You, you, five years from now, you accepting an Emmy Who are just listening hunter. to this podcast waiting to hear me eat so you could masturbate. <laughs> um, okay. Guys, we mm. played in a campaign for a while when I, when I said I want to do a podcast about D&D. I didn't want to play a campaign on air because people do that. I just wanted us to talk about why we love it so much. Mm-hmm. How, how'd you guys How'd you guys get started? You want to go first? Uh, so I think I was like 10 or 11 years old and I was being, I mean, a little too old to be babysat, but I was being babysat by a neighbor, this guy named Rob Bates. Shout he, out to Robbie Bates. Shout out to Robbie Bates. <laughs> Robbie Bates, baby. Uh, actually, I think he's a comedy writer too. He... Uh, he must have been like a, a junior or senior in high school. And I was at his house just hanging out. And I noticed like that he had all these books open. They looked like textbooks all, all open all over his bedroom floor. And, all, you know, notepads and pencils and, and these hardcover books. I'm like, oh, are you doing homework? And he's like, no, this is Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and then he proceeded to sort of, you know, fill me in on what this was, you know, all about. And that was, that was it. I was hooked. I made my dad go get me the books at Barnes & Noble. In New York City the next day, 
And he would bring me, you know, once in a while he'd bring me home, like the player's handbook, the monster manual. And this is and, uh, first edition, I'm assuming. This is, these are the books from like 1978 or 1979. Oh. Um, so the like the player's handbook or the, one of them had like some adventurers like climbing a giant statue with like gems for eyes. Yes. And, the, uh, and one of them so had like early. a demon sort of dude on the cover. They, that's the monstrous manual, I think, or the dungeon master. Okay. Guy, I think but I it, it's definitely the, it's the AD&D versions yeah. of those books. And, um, I wish I kept them in better condition because I'm sure they would be worth something now if they were in pristine oh, condition. Man. But if they're all fucked up. If I don't say that like every three weeks, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, why didn't I just take care of my body, my car, my my collections, my D and D books? The uh, greatest casualty of all. <laughs> it should also be stated on this that we are no by no means touting that we're experts. We're just fans. So if, if I mean, oh, feel I'm far free from to, an expert. Yeah, yeah feel I free just, to light us up on Twitter if yeah. we're wrong about what page saving throws is on or whatever. I feel like I'm somewhat of an expert. <laughs> yes, I love <laughs> <laughs> the confidence. Well, you're like playing an ongoing like campaigns yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff yeah yep. yeah so I, I i dabble in it once in a while and most of the time i'm just sort of like reading the books for fun or just drawing i, I literally like i have like graph paper all over the place in my office and at home and i draw just dungeon maps that i never even used oh cool that's, awesome. kinda, yeah. that's such a fun hobby Char- uh <laughs> that made that sounded facetious <laughs> that's a really <laughs> fun, oh, fun hobby <laughs> Uh, Charlie, how, how did you get started? I feel like I feel like a lot of D and D starting stories are always kind of similar with their like the sort of mysterious. You looked up to him, older kid that knew that you kind of witnessed D and D. Is yours something similar? It is not actually. Uh, it, <laughs> I, I was born an expert. The womb with a twenty sided die. I'm in from my an hand. alternate dimension where I am a necromancer. Uh, no, it's not that. It's like a twisted version of that because my piece of shit uh non-working dad was uh pretended to be a comic strip artist and he was obsessed with comics and he'd always be like oh you want to go to the comic book shop with me and so i'd go to the comic book shop with him but i didn't care about comics and so i discovered D by just being like a little kid sitting at the comic book shop while my dad looked at comics and i ended up like looking through them and just finding D&D adventure modules and being like, what are these? And then I was the one that brought it to all my friends in the neighborhood and was like, I, I, when I go to the comic book shop, with, you know how your guys' dads go to work? Well, when my dad takes me to the comic book shop on a Wednesday you're so lucky. It's at like, noon. Charlie, you're so lucky, And then, so occasionally when he was buying his comic books, he'd let me, he'd buy me one of these D&D books. And then, so I brought those to the neighborhood and then we'd all go out on my front porch, me and all my friends, and play D&D on the front porch on like a beautiful summer day <laughs> when like the other kids so from the you were getting some outdoors time yeah like, yeah, yeah totally <laughs> did you have did you have like a nerdy group of friends that you were like if i i know this is going to be like catnip to these guys or um what, what like because because there's something about it too because it's a turnoff for a lot of people at first like because the the books like you mentioned all the books being out it is it resembles homework and yeah. it is like yeah, a really hard, it's, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like really a, a bit of a step to get past that point of like it's not just you know work. and there's no winning you just keep doing it <laughs> right exactly and it so, never ends yeah. yeah yeah I think uh these guys were not super nerds it's kind of like surprising the group of people I've always played D and D with are not what you they're not this guy yeah. you know I don't think many people are that guy although oh. I've met a handful over my yes. time <laughs> All right, well we'll get into that too. certainly when you meet that guy you have a very hard time maintaining a conversation with that yes. guy and yeah. just kind of find well, an excuse to wander away from that guy. yeah totally <laughs> I was just at game hole con the D&D convention in Madison a weekend ago and it's all that guy oh, really? <laughs> yeah okay. but except did, for me and my friends I went did with. you enjoy yourself there oh it was great I had a yeah. blast it was awesome oh that's a f- oh, it's so weird my, my, my story was is very similar my older uh, cousin Antonio I'll shout him out uh, <laughs> who's a graphic designer now but he was like an artsy weird kid who had cool posters and he like I was looking. I'm like, "What's this?" He's like, "Oh, it's called." And it was like the Rift one, the one that was like, uh, like cyberpunk kind yeah, of. Yeah, I remember what that yeah, one's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "It and blah blah." And I'm like, "Well, what? It's like D and D." And I knew I, I always loved swords and sorcery. I loved all that like Arthurian legend shit. And he's like, "Yeah, it's like based on Dungeons and Dragons." And I'm like, "What's that?" Those two right. words are keywords. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. And then yeah, he started talking yeah. to me about it. I'm like, "He's like, here, you could borrow these books. We're not playing that." And I like borrowed his books and then immediately brought that to like my three uh, like advanced math friends that I hung out with Jimmy Chris and Robbie and I was like guys I think I've got our fucking plans and we played with cut out pieces of paper because 
I thought you played with uh, each character made their own party because I played one time with this one dude oh. made their own party. That'd so, be interesting. Yeah, so you were like you had a cleric and a fighter. So, so you were like four guys or five. Yeah, guys. so right. we had like twenty guys on like. <laughs> like we keep winning. We're never defeated. <laughs> it was like fun to make characters. So to get to make four characters is yeah, really totally. fun. Yeah. And then eventually, I, I when I got older and I played with a different group of guys, like no, no, no. When I moved to this new town, they were like, we play with just one guy and you focus on being him. I'm like, ugh. Then that started to feel like uh, that. This is where I'm gonna be for the rest of my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's cool. Yeah, and what was like? What was your first? Uh, so, for people who don't know, like a dungeon master, someone who like runs the game, mm-hmm. who kind of creates it, the game master. It's got all different kinds of uh, names like that. Were you a DM at first try? I know you're like. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You're mad with power, <laughs> like to be in control. I'm not mad with power in my life. You mean? Yeah. When you no, when you started out, were you the DM for your? Crew, um, or yeah, you? I was sort of just because nobody was. I mean, basically for the same reason I was your guys' DM for a while. Yeah. It was like no one was quite as into it as me, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you kind of had to drive. I was yeah. happy to do the homework of what you right. do to be a dungeon master, and uh, had a good time. So yeah, I was I was the DM. Back in the day, you know, in my teens and stuff, in my and then later on when we all played together, like these past few years, I uh, was happy to be the DM. Again. Yeah, but now in the online campaign I'm in, I'm a player, not a DM. Online? Yeah, yeah. What is that? T- like a reply all email to? chain? Is that d20.net or whatever? <laughs> no, it's a Google Hangout, and then me and uh, Drew, who you guys played with, yeah. and then two dudes in Madison and one dude in New York all play online D&D together. Oh, that's So how does awesome. that work? Is it just like a chat window where you type in like what they're seeing and what's uh, happening? No, you're you all, can all talk. You can all talk. Oh, you're little. Oh, duh. Yeah, yeah. man. 21st we, century. So you, so you see each other. You're just, you it's, it's write like a, down your action on it and send it as a letter. And then two the months later. Okay, so I don't make it's the best critical. use of my technology. It's a critical strike. I've never Skyped. That's so funny. That's like those chess matches by mail. Like, ah, he blo- he parries the orc's blow. I wonder what will happen in August. <laughs> hey, man, did you get it? Can you send another one? We're dying to keep moving. It's your turn. You rolled the six for initiative. Uh, no, it's, I mean, it's so easy. Like, you can all, it's like You just this. play from your house now. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, it's really fun. I do really enjoy it. I would say there's like just a, something a little lost in the fact that you're not like all in a room together. But and the ability yeah, to like also fun. just look at a different window on your computer is like. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's so hard I, I have to, to like turn my email off. Yeah. It's like so hard not this, to yeah. just be like, okay, now I'm yeah. watching you porn. <laughs> <laughs> That's my struggle of doing anything on the computer. <laughs> it's like, fuck, your I'm figuring off again. Just <laughs> Um, that's really fun. So I love, uh, I, I love playing in person. Um, this is such a weird transition, but what I wanted to say also was as you got older and got more into D and D or got less into D and D, like, I, you know, I had my phases in and out. It was like, kind of like wrestling. It was like uh, professional wrestling for me where it's like, there's a period of time when I had my priorities were different. And then I got to like, after college, I downshifted back to being like, I just want to play D&D as an mm-hmm. adult now. And playing as an adult is the best thing ever when you could sit and have a beer and you yeah. like care and you could like you know that you understand the fun of playing a character yeah totally i guess also i'm saying this as a performer which i also should talk we should talk about there's a big overlap for D and improvisers as far as i know and comedians in general yeah, yeah totally and what 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 do we think that is let's let's any any hypothesis our desire to be someone other than who we are <laughs> perhaps <laughs> i don't know yeah is that that like uh why comedians uh, imagine that we're rock stars or and anything else but besides like the lowly jester yeah no, i'm i'm a barbarian you know with a with a two-handed broadsword who you know cuts down monsters in my spirit oh, that's it <laughs> i always yeah, yeah. i always try to create a barbarian or a fighter class oh yeah i just, just want to oh yeah that's this is, that's yeah. natural transition to yeah. this what, what's your go-to like what's your barbarian. favorite thing to play yeah barbarian? yeah, yeah you absolutely were, you were a fighter barbarian i was a fighter campaign uh yeah, my name was my character's name was Grom in your campaign. Yeah, Grom. That's I think right. he was a fighter. He was a fighter. Yeah. But then uh, when I started reading the fifth edition books, and I played in another campaign over at uh, Meltdown for a few weeks, and I created a guy named Crom, who's just basically <laughs> basically Grom's ripping cousin. ripping off the name from the the that's the Conan's Conan. God, right? Yeah, Conan. Yeah. Oh, I love Crom. Conan. Crom. Yeah, he cares not. <laughs> he, basically, he sits on a mountaintop and laughs at humans' struggles. Uh, but yeah, and just. I, 
Two and, two-handed sword, uh, as two-handed much armor sword, as you can. Always get. rush into battle. Always attack instantly. <laughs> always try to just keep fighting in, until I'm, I'm, you know, dead. And, uh, mm-hmm. it, and it ended up like working out really well in that one campaign. I was just always like killing everybody in my path. Oh, that's so yeah. Awesome. You definitely Very satisfying, especially in the beginning of a campaign when you're low levels. You do you always want to grom like yeah. You need somebody that's like I mean you were like that. Pre- I was with same campaign, but I think before grom before, showed up. Before grom showed up, I was lager brewer head. Lager brewer head. Right. <laughs> uh, heir a to dwarf. the brewer head, dwarven. Uh, uh, bat, like warrior, yeah. Franchise. <laughs> was, he was, uh, yeah, he was the heir to the Brewerhead uh, uh, um, brewery, but uh, was ostracized from the family for being too drunk. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was over. He was the drunken son of a brewer, <laughs> yeah. uh, a dwarf, right? Yeah, dwarf. And, and I did the same thing: charging into battle, axe and shield, yep. uh, full plate. Uh, I think you had a war hammer. Didn't you? Have I, a think big I, I think I had a hammer because yeah. I ended up finding a plus one hammer. Yeah, I love I love hammers. They're fun. There's something fun about. There's them. something fun about having a hammer and shield or uh, axe and shield. It makes you feel. But but when I play like uh, RPG video games, I like to be archers. I like to play like uh, a stealthy elf. It's funny you mentioned that. Like I played Skyrim for like I don't know two hundred hours. Some, some <laughs> same ridiculous here, same here. <laughs> And my character was uh, one of the cat people, the Khajiits. Yeah. And uh, all I did was sneak around and kill people with bow and arrow. Yeah, that's what that's what my character. And did. my main mission was getting like a hundred rating in uh, archery. Yes. Which I, I finally did like long <laughs> after I completed the main storyline. <laughs> I, I posted Instagram pictures of my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have this problem, and in not only in D anD D, but in every role playing game ever, is that so you maybe had like a super high level character. I had like eight level thirty characters because I always get f- kind of far along and then go. Is this I really was... what I want to do? Maybe yeah. I should do magic. Magic seems like it would be fun. Then I go and I make a wizard character and play him for a really long time. It's like, I feel like it would just be more fun to have like a big, powerful two-handed swing. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and I just do that to myself relentlessly. I can't dedicate to anything. I just did that with Fallout 4, which I, I just started playing last week. I started the game over, I think, four times. Because each time I was like, oh, he doesn't look quite as cool as I would like this guy <laughs> right. to look. And like, I got, you're like, I'm going to commit gotta, 100 hours. I got to allocate his his abilities a little differently and make give him more intelligence and less you know, charisma. And, you know, finally, I came up with a guy that I liked. And now I'm like, all right, now I'm in for the long haul. <laughs> That's like same thing with d and I'd be like, oh, I, I just like making a character almost as much as I like playing in an actual yeah, game. Yeah, it's thing. really fun to make a character. I don't play video games, so I, I don't know. I mean, I've heard of what you guys are talking about, but uh, I've heard of video games, but I... Uh, no, I've heard of <laughs> it's pretty, I was born an expert in roll, and paper, <laughs> and pencil and paper but games. I've never been a video game person, so I, I don't know uh, that, that side of gaming, really, but... Right. Some of those games, Skyrim for me really scratched the D and D itch. I, I talk about it a it really lot did. because yeah. it's my favorite game to date, and it's not massive multiplayer online, which is the best part about it. Yep. That you can turn it on and shut it off when you want. I hate when I'm, I I played World of Warcraft, I played Diablo, I've played every game like that, but I hate when I'm like tied into other people's schedules where they're like, "Come on, man, get on, we got two hours." I'm like, "Oh, I'm married and I'm stoned and I like want to eat dinner." Like but I, I'm standing on a cliff. <laughs> yeah. where, where the fuck am I? <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Come on, man, we got to kill Van Cleef." I'm like, "I don't. I'm busy, man." Uh, I had heard some some story about a group of people who play on some online game together, and they're all potheads, and they take like a weed break. And if you look on like the screen, there's like eight characters, kind of just like doing their normal <laughs> their movement dance. like in a yeah. cave yeah and they're all just like their safety and they're all blazing oh, like all right ready to go back out there <laughs> would you be high when we were playing D? uh no because i wouldn't have tolerated that no i'm just kidding <laughs> Char- uh, charlie did take a piss test <laughs> made me get to make it take a piss test when i signed up to play the campaign <laughs> he's like no peds no we i haven't smoked and played role-playing games Ever, I don't think. I don't think that was two phases of my life ever really overlapped. Well, how how often does that intersect? Like, I'm not a big marijuana guy, um, <laughs> but like, do, does that just make you not want to give a shit about? It just makes you D and D. It makes you like, like more into it or more out of it, depending on what. Okay. I feel like I'd is. be out of it. Like I like smoking weed, but like uh, it gets you easily distracted. I just like, feel like yeah, I'd get self conscious about it or something. Yeah, I never really. And but lately, I've been playing poker and smoking weed when I play poker, and I've actually managed to stay focused and get. A, and I'm like, I'm wondering what I would be like playing D and D. But <laughs> It'd be interesting. It would have. To, I wouldn't want to be the only guy. Like that's yes, the last that, thing you want. Oh, by the way, you never want to be the only guy smoking weed <laughs> in a room full of people not smoking weed. Nothing instills paranoia quicker than being like, is it my turn? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, dude, you just finished your turn. Yeah, if other people were blazing, I would. Uh, I would. Uh, I would never turn it. You down. just found your next podcast. Um, <laughs> we did play something like I forget what you called it, but there was a uh, you know future punk in the '90s game. Yeah, yeah. We played. That, we played like, Mage. We played Mage. We only did it like one two day. times, you remember, or one day. Maybe. I think I, I was only there for one of them. Yeah, I think we did maybe one more. Yeah, but that was a pretty fun game. I thought that, that was, was pretty fun. I liked I like those ones where it's kind of more up to the dungeon master. That like it's a, it's more story based. Yeah. Like, is the dice rolling in Mage is more like um, oh. I want to try to do this with my. It's like very loose. It, it's almost like non-existent. Right. Yeah, I like that about it too. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like I want to. I want to. You can like design your own move. And then, yeah. And the DM will be like, "Oh, that sounds like that would be four dice." Yeah, difficult. yeah. yeah I know. It's ideal for me because I'm terrible. Like I like I like the storytelling aspect of DMing, but I'm not very good at like absorbing all the yeah, rules that's and all the same. So I just like, oh, if I can just make shit up as we go along and you kind yeah. of trust me to sort of, you know, yeah. that's generally the probability of this. Then, you know, I think yeah, that be- that's totally how I DM'd was like not I, I one time we had a dude play with us that was way more into the we were also playing second edition. Right. Uh, basic D&D. So yeah. it's like way more imagination heavy and way less rules and dice heavy. And this dude that played mainly fifth edition which is all crazy dice like probability like, of this probability oh totally of that, was like yeah. calling me out on <laughs> man, <laughs> oh, man. like well but didn't you say it was this for this and i'd be like yeah but i mean like we're yeah, just doing on, we're just doing on, improv on, cares. Yeah. <laughs> thought you want to have fun <laughs> right and uh, it's you kind of have to do improv with that group because you've set up entire campaigns and people just go against them yeah people yeah like totally drew just oh, actively man. decides to kill the halfling no oh, matter yeah, what to put totally. him in a call his sociopathy <laughs> his dnd sociopathy i've never met it in new places i've never met a dude in real life who's so nice who on in a campaign is a ruthless a ruthless murderer no trust to any he'd be like not even other players yeah he'd hide behind a rock and he would also he shit. would also be like very kind of almost like a, a i hate to call him a bully but like with the rules he'd be like well i've got this so i could do this right and so that means i should be able to roll this and he uh, uh i'll call him out drew, drew sets it up so much that his character is literally just designed for survival. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, most yeah, of right. us are like, oh, I'm going to play, like, and he's like, my character wears a suit of armor and shoots bows and arrows. Yeah, it's and, like, and those two combi- yeah, those, that combination of things is not really, like, an archetype you know. It's possible, but you're oh, making, man. like, a war archer just so that you can stay away and have oh. a higher armor class. There was one adventure, I think maybe neither of you guys were there for this, but... It was right when we trans- transitioned to the expert rules, and so they took a boat. Uh, this is in uh, uh, the Grand Duchy of Karamikos, the <laughs> second edition world yeah. uh, of basic D&D, and they took a boat to the Isle of Dread. <laughs> and I, I joined you guys right after that boat. Left. You showed up on the Isle of Dread, that's right, through a portal. But uh, basically, like, and this is what I loved about Dungeon Mastering, is I liked when this would happen, because <laughs> I similarly with improv, I like when, like, Oh it's my god, the scene's off. off the rails. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what's happening. Like yeah. I love that. And so I literally was no there was no plan at all. It was like they went to the to the inn to the pub and there was a couple and there was a sea captain. And that and literally the only function of the sea captain in my mind was he sails you to the Isle of Dread, he drops you off. And that, and then you never, we never talk about the sea captain again. <laughs> and right away, it was Drew and Ben Rogers and maybe a couple other people. Right away, they were like murdered the whole crew of the boat, <laughs> <laughs> took the boat over. It crashed on an island like outside of the Isle of Dread. And so within seconds, it was like, okay, I didn't plan. Were for they any all of evil this. alignment? These guys or uh, alignment? We didn't do alignment actually. Oh, yeah, we kind of just let it like. I agree with that. I think alignment is kind of an, an unnecessary. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's I find up to it you. If, if it helps you play the character. Like yeah, if it helps you, you the, yeah. The way you play it, that's your alignment. You don't right. need you don't need it. Yeah, I, I totally. But if you, yeah. for your own sanity, want to say like, "Oh, my character is chaotic, good." That way, you know to act. Make yeah, sure your reactions right. are all sort of th- themed. And, Definitely, and, uh, everybody. If we had to say in our campaign, we played everybody was chaotic evil. If everyone was chaotic evil. Everyone was out. No to, law. I, I distinctly remember Drew passing you a note. <laughs> He's like, don't read this out loud. I'm like, Drew, we're, we're in a campaign together. We're a team. I'm like, what do you got going on? Oh, what was that? I remember it was that to happening. try to kill the halfling in his sleep. Oh, the that's guy who right. Letting us stay yes, with him, that's and right. he did not trust him. And he everybody else get, trusted the halfling. Everyone else trusted him. <laughs> he was right though. The halfling he was ended right. Up the halfling evil, was. Yeah. But was we it, would also. The, uh, he was a vampire, right? The halfling. Yes, yes the halfling, the halfling vampire. vampire. <laughs> Named like Man. Gwart or something. But uh, it's all coming back to me. There was the captain of the guard who was like, he was like. 
the, you were like just p- role playing the captain of the guard and you were like he's wary of your decision or whatever yeah. <laughs> Drew goes like I don't think we could trust this guy I'm like I just said he's like <laughs> wary he's wary we just met him and Drew's like how do we know if he's lying don't tell him about the gems and like we're already in so deep and he's like American psycho he's like just from, I walk in backwards so you can't see my footprints oh, that campaign ended the last one was Drew me I think Rogers was still was in this last uh, Rogers character was the one who went through the tunnels and a rat bit off his Oh, face. he almost died from a rat. Yeah. A rat he almost died fighting like just a rat. <laughs> oh yeah, it was like there was some kind of like old reservoir or something. Yeah, we were and, battling alongside like a sump villain. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys went and were fighting the people like on ground and he was basically just trying to climb through a pipe to like get it get behind them yeah. and backstab somebody <laughs> and encountered a rat and then like his entire experience of the battle was this rat like biting his eyes in the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, and he had no nose, and that was like his big thing. Oh yeah, that's right. His face got all <laughs> fucked up. But it ended. The end of that campaign was Drew, Joe, and I think Rogers uh, characters tried to finally. They finally caught up with that halfling vampire and tried to kill him and failed because he had gotten like all the all the natives of the Isle of Dread on his side, <laughs> and they were just sailing out into the water on a raft that was on fire, and then they just drowned out there. And that was the end of the campaign. <laughs> it's a fucking great ending. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any like uh, war stories? Any like le- uh, legendary childhood? Because we played like, campaigns together, but any or other campaigns you played in where you're like, this crazy thing happened, or this is the uh, fun thing that happened. Because I, 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 it's like again, not to keep bring up parallels between uh, to improv, but that's how I know uh, Charlie. I know you guys do comedy. It's like. Um, hearing like talking about an improv show like a year later like out of context is like one of the funny like you'd be like oh, totally. and then you walked in as a uh, automated right. fire hydrant I believe you know and it's like and talking about D&D adventures like yeah, years totally. later is so much totally. so I'm wondering if you guys have any stories that stand out I know if you go away with your buddies to a to a gaming con you probably bring up some old stories of adventures Did- well we played this great game that I completely cannot think of the name of now but it's you are yourselves where you are and the end of the world begins like a like a uh, apocalypse begins and it's like how do you survive so the, this dude tom that is a player in the dd online campaign was dming this game and it's like okay you are charlie drew jc and nick in the alliant energy center in madison at gamehole con and all of a sudden, all the power goes out, and people start panicking. And then slowly, and then right. you're so you're role playing yourself, so you got to give yourself attributes and stuff. Right. Um, and so it's totally insane. You're like, so then you're like, well, I'll try and call Camille, my wife. <laughs> Your right. phone doesn't work, you know. <laughs> That's really funny. So that was kind. Of, that was a crazy one. Was like play on that you played that recently how, that, how far did you guys get like, we like went back to the Sheraton where I was staying uh, <laughs> and locked ourselves in the room and then we had like because people were starting to turn into like not zombies like undead zombies but like their eyes would go blank and they'd like attack you or whatever and so we got like the iron from the Sheraton to like punch people <laughs> <laughs> you've unlocked a plus one iron <laughs> yeah and then one guy got somehow got the we never figured out what it was but whatever the thing that makes your eyes go blank happened to him but he didn't turn into a zombie he was just frozen so we loaded him on a luggage cart and we're just put it, pushing him down <laughs> highway 94 <laughs> that was a funny moment that's so hyper specific I love that that's awesome what about you Andre any war stories oh man I'm sorry like, I, I've, I've, in terms of total hours of D&D played I really haven't played like nearly as much as you guys like I I'm just sort of uh, just obsessed still be- with the books and shit. Like <laughs> I played, I played like a handful of times when I was a kid, and I don't really remember those too well. And then I played a little, like like once in college. You're telling me you then- have the worst D and D stories possible? Is that you were a nerd enough to play D and D, but so nerdy you couldn't get the game? You didn't have enough friends to get a game going. Kind of. <laughs> I mostly just read the books by myself. Here's what I here's what I would do. No, I'm not even kidding. Like here's what I would do. I would buy the all the modules, the adventure modules. Like I still have the original fucking Tomb of Horrors, White Plume Mountain, uh, Barrier Peaks. Uh, you know, and like another dozen. Of them, and I would read them. That's about it. I, w- I, I would upset- read the fucking modules yeah. and look at the this maps. Is fascinating. And I would, I mean, I would draw read. maps and I'd read the books. And uh, it was, I w- you know, I'm an only child. I would just sit in my room as a kid and and 
and draw dungeons. Uh, I, I I would read those uh, the class books, those like little uh, yeah. addendums that they made, like the appendices. That's like the fighter's handbook, the thief's handbook, the druid's handbook. Yeah. I was obsessed with those because it gave like types oh, of fighters, those. like yeah. like you know there would be like a whole like chapter of just different types of fighters and how you could role play them and like just choose to be uh, wear uh, wear leather armor and use a bow and arrow and you could be an elven archer type fighter. I was obsessed right. with like learning about these yeah, archetypes totally. in the world. Those and, and that's the drawings in them were so. Right, exactly, and I, I was obsessed with uh, rangers. I always wanted to be a rangers ranger. Rangers are the best. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's like a, you're, you're Aragorn wood. from you know Lord of the Rings. Come on. He, he was called LSR, the Elfstone of Dunedin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, uh, I hate to pull the veil away from our nerdiness, but may I have another ale, sir? <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yes. This is how Any we do it. Ales? Yeah, I'll take another beer as well. Can I use the restroom? Yeah, sure. If we're going to take a bit of Let's a- take a break. We need a commercial anyway. So, uh, all right, hi and my shitheads. We'll be right back after we piss and drink. Uh, bye. While we go to grab some more beers and drain the main vein, let me get an ad out of the way with you dudes. So here it is. Skirt. S-K-U-R-T. You just tap a button, have a rental car delivered. This is a new app that you can use to rent cars in Los Angeles. It's only in Los Angeles right now. It's coming out to San Fran in New York in 2016 and then even further after that. They drop you off. They drop you, pick you up. They'll drop the car off. Dude, it's on-demand rental car delivery. It's like you, you push one button and in five minutes you're signed up. No, no crazy paperwork. You don't have to be 25. You don't have to rent just the smallest car. You can get a Tesla. You can rent a Tesla. And it's for like... All the cars are 30 to 50% cheaper than normal prices. It's not your typical rental car agency. You know, they'll, they'll, they're not going to tr- triple charge you for gas. They're not gonna, there's a referral program where you can make uh, skirt credits by getting more people to sign up. There's amazing customer service, no gas markup fees. I said that, not a lot of paperwork. Dude, I'm telling you, I don't know why you're not doing this skirt stuff. It's da bomb. It's only in L.A., for now, but it's coming to you. So go to skirtapp.com, S-K-U-R-T-A-P-P.com to download the app, create an account, enter promo code MIGHTY and get $100 off your first rental, $10 a day for up to 10 days. The holidays are coming up. If you're going to L.A. to visit some friends or some family around the holidays, might I recommend using Skirt? All right, back to three giant dudes discussing Dungeons & Dragons. How awesome was that ad for insert product here? <laughs> we're back with Hi and My M with Charlie and Andre, and we're talking D&D still. Boys, when I was younger, I was so hard up for D&D games. I had like one friend that was a dungeon master, but he was like, and I hope he, do, I hope he doesn't listen, but he was like kind of like the spoiled rich kid, which was awesome because he had a dope <laughs> house, and we'd go to his house for like eight hours at a clip and like take a break to play in the pool or to play Killer Instinct 64. But he would also just be like, I don't want to play today, and like rip up the characters. And like, oh. I'd be like, yeah, he would do some brutal things like Rick. where he would just get super mad. So that so we had to like find other ways. And we, we found out that there's this hobby shop in my town that plays a D&D game. So, excuse me, me and my best friend Sanford, uh, who you've probably heard, everyone on the, who listens to this podcast has heard 10 stories about him. We showed up there. And we were like 16, and everyone in there was our current age. Right. And I remember being like, oh, these <laughs> fucking losers. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is so upsetting. And those guys, they had such an opportunity to be like, two neighborhood 16-year-old kids want to play D&D, were serious about it, and they were such assholes to us <laughs> they were obviously not cool like me and my 16 year old we were 16 we we're like this is going to be annoying but then <laughs> if they were cool if they were nice enough we, yeah. we would have been like we have a weekly game in our hometown and these dudes were such cocksuckers to yeah. us to kids that were except that were in that have the same hobby as them you would think you would want to foster that's like a, you, you hey, were making you, want- you were making them feel self-conscious that yeah. they had that hobby at their age Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they, 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 they're, they're probably doing it twenty years. Yeah, later. they're probably feeling bad about themselves. He's like, oh wait, this yeah. Is in what hindsight, I guess sixteen-year-olds wanted. To if do. two sixteen-year-old kids wanted to play in yeah. our game, I would have a hard time with that too. But if you can't, if you have an open enrollment game, so yeah, I'd be nice to some sixteen-year-old kids that showed up. Yeah, I'd give them like, a chance. Which, or what kind younger, of beer you want? Way younger, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys like weed? <laughs> hey, you guys, uh, you want you want my Bang Bros password? Or Blacks dot com? Sorry. This brings me to a thing I've realized over the years: is that nerd. Nerds aren't nice. Nerds that's, are fucking assholes. That's the main problem. Thank you. It. Yes. <laughs> it's true. Yes, there's a lot of misan- misanthropy. Misanthropy. It sounds right. Misanthropy. I like that, yeah. 
Because they're missing throws. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I feel. I feel like I have a healthy dose of that, and I. I, I know, like, especially when I get like drunk or whatever, like. I can lash out and be like a real mean asshole, and <laughs> we're learning a lot about it. Uh, all comes from hatred of yourself. Like, <laughs> a lot of nerds suffer from that, and right? And then it comes it, out in bursts of anger. It's, it's not just like, oh, I like Star Wars. It's like, no, I'm, I'm a fucking, I, I really hate people. I, yeah. <laughs> I hate people that don't like it. Yeah, and yeah. E- when I meet people who do like it, I have to find a fundamental difference between the two of us and take them to task. Yeah, for it. yeah. It's yeah, like, totally. oh, you like D and D? Cool. Me too. Do you play Second Edition? Yeah. Yeah, well, fuck, fuck you. you. I play third. You're a fucking idiot. You know, it's like they're so. Oh, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go, go, go. Thought, no, uh, no. Is uh, I went. I know I'm deeply into this D and D stuff, but I, I went to a Gen Con, another con in Indianapolis a few months ago with these same dudes, and uh, <laughs> this is a big one. This, this is like, what, by the way, again, if you're a young nerd listening to this podcast, literally, it gets better at some point in your life. You're gonna have money and be able to get whatever you fucking want. Anything, <laughs> anything. Treat Did yourself you see to Wolf a- of Wall Street? <laughs> it's like that, but with dragons. No, it's not. Uh, <laughs> We're just ripping lines of cocaine, fucking Margot Robbie, and then turning around and moving a metal miniature in two squares. <laughs> Good movie. Everything is copywritten on this podcast. Uh, but so the we direwolf all- <laughs> of Wall Street. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Green light. Green light. Uh, you were at Gen Con. We were at Gen Con, and we, they have live D anD. d It's called True Dungeon, and so you, you saw mean like acting, like LARPing. Or more like it's not really LARPing. It's like you sign up, you you're in a group of eight-ish people, and then they within this room, like in the convention hall, like a giant room, um, you go from room to room. You are a character. Uh, you're not necessarily acting as that character, but you have attributes that are going to apply in these. And then some of the rooms are like the escape rooms we always hear about. Yeah, like those puzzle kind of rooms. Like yeah, so there'll be the a room. puzzle. Yeah. It'll be like you have to unravel this puzzle. To get to the next room. And then when there's combat, they'll be like, okay, there's a dungeon master in each room. Then they'll bring out this like big, it's, um, what's the game called? Uh, is it like shuffleboard where you slide little, like, yeah, yeah. Thingies. That's shuffleboard. Um, it's like shuffleboard, except it's a picture of a monster. And you, your weapon is a little disc that'll say, like, knife. And you try and slide it on the table and, and land it in, like, the highest damage. So area if it lands on, like, the monster's throat, then. Yeah, then it, you says get like, more it says, like, six. It's like a dartboard, but yep. it's, like, four damage yep. if you hit that. Exactly. Arm. Oh, that's exactly. so fun. It's super, super that, fun. That makes it, like, a drinking game in a weird way. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, and so it was all of us that went together who are, like, uh, forgive me for just being blatant brutally honest about this who are not nerds and then there right. are these two guys that were like um actually if you check the um like those kind of uh, guys uh, and right and those two like sticklers r- oh total sticklers that i was a paladin you get there first there's a pile of characters and you just pick your character out that determines what weapons you get and stuff i picked a paladin and then they came in and the guy was like um i've actually done a true dungeon seven times and i find that i play best as the paladin and so i was like oh sure here you go i don't care you know i gave him the paladin he gave me whatever he had oh <laughs> and then they were like in general um when the adventure begins it's best if it was him and like his lackey like his underling mm-hmm. it's best if you listen to what uh, ron and i tell you to do uh we have j- traversed many dungeons and you want to f- you know listen to us or whatever oh so the first room we get into is this dungeon master person comes out and is like, okay, you're in the, you know, you're in the, this tomb and there's this orb and you have to move the orb from one side of the room to the other without letting the orb drop. And so you got to use, and you can't touch it with your hand. So the puzzle is use objects around the room to move the orb. And there's these like, these like bins of big sticks. And so right away you're like, okay, I guess we got to use the stick somehow. Immediately they're like, we got it. We got it. We've, uh, we did this before. Uh, and you're like, oh, come, oh, on. come on, man. We want to oh, like. so annoying. It's like. But then bullshit. they grab the sticks and immediately knock the orb off and smash it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's worth it. Then. Immediately that's immediately fucked it up. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking annoying. I, I I was saying this before we got on air. Um, a problem with a lot of my hobbies is that the thing I like, uh, like I love these certain hobbies, but the, what ruins it for me is other people who like the same things. Mm-hmm. I like I took an acting class and I hated it because the other actors in my class were so weird, and that you know actors are weird people. Uh, that's, the, that's the reason I I started UCB level one three different times and quit after like the second or third <laughs> class every time. I, I got you so look at the other people in your class and you're like, fuck this, I can't do this. I was like, I started too late. Uh, I wish I could have started this when I was not funny. When I, 
was when I was open minded and yeah. uh, like uh, willing to learn and didn't already hate so many. And that's D and D. I feel like is like that. Those dudes that I played with were like, "What do you want your short sword to be made out of?" We're like sixteen year old kids. We had no idea. We're like yeah. cast iron. He's like, "Great, it's too heavy to swing." Oh, terrible! Like, oh, all right, <laughs> so uninclusive. Yeah, I remember specific. So the specific. This is now almost twenty years ago, and I remember we were like, "I guess we'll have a bow and arrow made out of balsa wood." And then later on, we're like, "I draw my bow," and he's like, "It breaks because balsa wood is very fragile." Oh, and terrible! I was like, I was like, what oh, a dick, "Thanks, man. man. This has been fun." But I, another memory from that night is my brother and his friend, who were younger and cooler, opened the door because they walked by and they were like, "This store's open in town." They open it, and his his older brother and their friend and like five forty year old dudes like, nah! <laughs> "Shut the door! Shut the door!" <laughs> well, that's the thing about the nerds are mean thing. It's kind of like like you were saying a minute ago, Andre. It's like they they've been bullied. And Absolutely. So, and so then I was bullied a lot. Yeah, yeah, me too. Family and friends. Yes. <laughs> Growing up. Yeah. As but then they don't go, "Oh, that felt bad." Now I will not do that when the opportunity presents itself to go, oh, an area in which I can dominate. Right. You know? I will have my revenge. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. It is like, the, I mean, meatheads do that same thing. Mm -hmm. They're like, I was a bully then, and now I'm a still a bully. And then it's the nerds who have been bullied are like, well, now shit rolls downhill, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, and totally. it's like... <laughs> What an awful way to be. <laughs> yeah. I would love to foster young nerds' creativity and yeah. say, like, do whatever you want to Choose do. Choose the light side. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> <Choose>. Yes, exactly. <laughs> do you guys, did you guys ever play any of those alternate uh, RPGs? Like, the we, we played Mage. Or something. Mm -hmm. I played that cyberpunk one briefly. I, I think I tried to play... I played Gamma World when I was mm. a kid. Do you remember that one? No, which no, one was that? It? Gamma World is essentially the Fallout version oh it's like Dungeons a post-apocalyptic post-apocalypse i remember like my favorite character i created was uh before the nuclear war was an ostrich but then the nuclear radiation <laughs> had made him intelligent and he was now like this humanoid ostrich character Sweet. but that was a fun one yeah, that's awesome basically you know post-apocalyptic D, &D. Oh, that's fucking awesome. i played uh the star wars rpg at uh, gen con I tried to play that because that was like right over the plate for Gabriel. For like, uh, I have a, it's so I have fun. A we should play it. I would right off the bat. I think the biggest problem with that would be that every single player would want to be a Jedi. Um, was that the case or not? I played the module that had pre-made characters because we were only playing it for like one chunk of an afternoon. Um, so there was like cards with characters on them so I didn't generate my own. So one of us was a Jedi and then I was like a 3PO-esque droid but with a fucking sweet laser gun. Oh, that's and, awesome. Uh, and then there was like a Chewbacca type guy. I think th I think those were the three characters we were. Um, but yeah, I mean, I pick weird characters when I play. I, pro I probably personally want to be a Jedi, but I would imagine kind of like fighter, like most people are going to want to be well, that. Well, they have M-M-O-R-M-P-R-M-N-P-R-P-R-B. <laughs> uh, fresh air. With I forget what the, the term is, <laughs> but they have they have those games for Star Wars, right? M-M-O. Like Republic or whatever. Yeah, Knights of the Old Republic, I feel like is it. And I would, just, I would just guess that you would show up and it would be like... Thousands of a Jedi. street scene where everyone's a Jedi. <laughs> just wah, like, wah, wah, wah. Everyone's just waving lightsabers around a bazaar. And then for some reason, there's just one R two D two moving around. I like to be With an astromech droid. <laughs> um, star. Uh, the thing about I feel like it's like if I remember correctly, Jedi is like like the paladin. It's like very good, but like not until a certain level. You know, it's right, like right. Kind, or right, like a wizard right. rather. It's like kind of a pain in the ass. That's the other problem. Plus you're constrained by like yeah. you know. What you can, you have to really act the part and not be a dick. And right, yeah, you have yeah. to play you can't be by a the rules. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I think I, when I played the briefly, I was like a smuggler, like a Han Solo type, so I could have a gun and be yeah. like smooth talking. And I was right. a gambling addict. Yeah. Even when I was like seventeen, I would play characters with like huge flaws that I <laughs> saw in my parents. <laughs> my character drinks way too much beer. <laughs> my character is cut from the lacrosse team again this year. <laughs> He's too big of a fan of the New York Giants. Trust me. <laughs> it was great in '86 and '90. But hopefully again in the future. Um, Charlie, tell me a little bit about these. What are these D and D conventions like? You have, I don't know if, for people listening. If when Charlie talks about that, that makes you nauseous or makes you giddy. But I'm getting a little sem dog. Intrigued. Yeah, yeah, I'm very intrigued by this. Tell us a little bit what happens. It's giddy and nauseous. It's the perfect mix. <laughs> uh, it's well, they're super different. I've only been to two. Uh, Gen Con or maybe Gen Con. I can't remember, but I'm sure someone can tweet and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> is uh, 
um, huge. I mean, it's like nearing Comic-Con's size. It's, and where I think, was it? I, uh, in Indianapolis. Oh, okay. I think there's like 100,000 people. Um, so it is packed. The city, it's super fun. The city embraces it. Like every restaurant we went to had changed their menus to Gen Con. It'd be like, the wizard fries. What's that? <laughs> uh, French fries with cheese on them. <laughs> Magical cheese. <laughs> okay, so but still fun that yeah, they're embracing plus it. Plus two cholesterol fries. <laughs> <laughs> they renamed the beers, you know, yeah. and mead and shit. Um, super packed. Uh, tons and tons and tons of people. Lots of people dressed up doing uh, cosplay type stuff, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, somewhat creepy. And then, like, uh, and then a packed middle hall where you can play test games, which is super fun. And they, it, it's got a range of games from pure role playing D&D style to another area of nerdum for me, which is board games like which you're a big Axis fan and Allies, well, yeah. Attack, stuff like that, that I also love equally to D&D. Bunch of that. And then they had these kind of games that I haven't really played where you're like these miniatures and you're shooting at each other and you measure it with like a measuring tape. And there's, so there's dice, measuring tape, fake really terrain sweet looking terrain that these is that like warhammer like uh, i never played warhammer is the one game i never played either but yeah i'd like to but i've I've there's a warhammer store like right near my house i saw a warhammer store when i was in glasgow Oh, wow. <laughs> like the, I remember standing out and be like, this is a full like brick and mortar war. There's one here yeah. in LA, you're saying, too? Uh, in Glen- I live in Glendale. It's, it's right by the Starbucks I go to every morning. And, it, and it's, it's like, that's the a entire g- store is Warhammer, and it looks like it's designed specifically for people to go there and play. Oh, like, we got to do that. We should, that would be yeah. a good place do to do that for the first time. It's yeah. expensive. It looks like, like to build your. I think you have to like, buy Warhammer armies, Army. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's, the again, the benefit of being, uh, like, being a grown up. I mean, you have to put. Like that's mention true. to your wife that you're spending three hundred dollars on metal miniatures. Yeah, that's no, we don't have kids. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I brought home some more kids. I have almost a thousand now. I have almost a thousand. They're my dwarven army. Soon will be unstoppable. <laughs> so is it like? Do you get to? Do you get to get into like a meaty game at all? Like um, you, you said, it's a couple hours. Like there's probably like a lot of shit going on, right? Like a lot of shit going on. Um, I mean, it is big and crazy and packed with people so it's like you know you're it's like the same as being at comic-con it's like, stra- it a little is, stressful i'm not super i'm not into, into like huge huge ass crowds yeah. so it felt like game hall con the one i went to last weekend in madison was will event they're growing they want to be like that at the moment only three thousand people go oh, okay. so that's a lot chiller you don't feel that like oh my god i'm scared because there's so many people around or whatever but um you uh at the actual con, so we'll all like stay in a hotel together, and then you go, you play test, you walk around, people buy stuff. Uh, we went and saw like an improv, show, like a nerd improv. Show. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Wait, wait. So you were actively pursuing like uh, masochism? You were? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely maybe a Hunter S. Thompsony. Like, <laughs> I mean, I do love it. I right. love, I fucking love role playing, and, and you I love, love improv. Games, but that's a weird improv, thing to get into. But there is an element of like <laughs> the audience members roll a twenty sided die, and then you have to. <laughs> no, this was. Oh my god, it was so strange. I've never seen. It was not like improv. What we call improv. It was had this. Like a lot of this, like cosplay stuff does, it had this super weird sexual element to it that completely creeped me out. Where like the improvs, I was not laughing, but the the audience was laughing. I ended up. Was it like body sexual or like creepy sexual? Creepy. Because when I when you go to the Renaissance Fair, the the almost entire tone of sense of humor is body sexuality. Where it's like, oh, milkmaids, huh? Yeah, that's such a weird part of it. That's like, I wonder. Oh my god! I'm it's gonna, like we're any nerd sex- fans I have. I feel like I'm going to completely alienate during this podcast. But, but like, we're saying it from love. We're, we've been through it. We're through the ringer. We've nerds. Yes. Yeah, and I love this stuff. It's yeah. not that I'm not making fun of D and D, but there, I wonder if me having been able to have sexuality as a teenager and growing up, like you know, I had girlfriends and yeah. shit. I didn't channel it at all into gaming or ner- nerddom. Is totally separate. Right. Nerddom's a hobby for me that I. I love. actually hid it from girls. Right. We called yeah. it. Oh, yes, yeah, we yes. called it Dunkin' def- Donuts at school. <laughs> it, we would always be yeah. like, "Come over, play Dunkin' Donuts." <laughs> hey, want to grab Dunkin' Donuts yes, this weekend? We had code words because yeah. I played all the way to like seventeen or eighteen, and then stopped for a few years. Yeah, I stopped. But, I didn't play yeah. in college. I played like summers home in college because yep. it's like a, I played with mostly my high school friends. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Same here. And definitely had a 
uh, it was hidden. Like I had friends that had no idea I played D and D. Oh know? yeah, they were just like, oh, you sleep over this dude's house <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, twice yeah, a month. Yeah. 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 Uh, I remember playing with one of these kids I met when I first moved to the school in sixth grade, and he's like, my sister plays D and D too, and she's older. She wants to do a campaign for us. I was like, oh, that'd be so cool. So I'm 13 years old. We're two 13 year old boys. His older sister, who is you know rather pretty. But just the fact that she's a grown woman, she sits down, she puts a cloak on, and she's like, this is the tale of the... And she like goes into this thing, and I'm sitting there like fucking Boing. cartoon wolf. I'm just like, oh my God, this is a possibility? Like, so my sexuality was separate, but I don't... I think it was just... If it had, I, yeah. It mingled at a point. Right. I never I played like D&D a lot of people with a girl in my entire life. Uh-huh. Oh, geez, I don't you, think I have either. I don't think I have either. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to be out there somewhere. They're, they definitely are. I, I, you meet them. You go to those conventions. It's not all dudes. I mean, it's a lot yeah, of dudes. It's like 88%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's largely dudes. Well, that's yes, just because like, it's like an unsafe environment for women. <laughs> All right, now that's that's just straight up mean. That's just um, so yeah, so you're on the convention floor playtesting these games. Uh, like for like, are you playing like an hour of a yeah, random campaign? Approximately an hour, yeah, something like oh, that. Oh, cool. Um, you got to wait in line a little bit for them. And then, yeah, and then you play, and the people that created the game are there to walk you through it, show and you how to play you, it. Like, oh, yeah, so the cool thing you could do with this is... Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, you do all that, and then where we dig in would be like... Then at night, we'd like go to a restaurant, eat dinner, maybe play like a pretty simple game while we're eating dinner, then go back to the hotel, and then you play like five hours. Four or five hour game. Yeah. yeah. That's, I would imagine at those cons, there's probably Sign some. Me up. Yeah, yeah I oh, know. you guys should come. It's so fun. It sounds awesome. I imagine at those cons, there's also like, hey, you know, so and so's in town and he's running a rift camp. You know, like, like yeah, he's got, yeah. like, there's definitely like, he's, he's got a, like a rock star DM. Right. Yeah. He's, got, like, he's, he's got, staying at the Hilton. <laughs> yeah. He's got 12 <laughs> slots. 10 of them are filled. He's doing a lottery for the remaining two. Ashton Kutcher is one of the slots. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would be fucking awesome if like Vin Diesel DM'd a campaign. Like, you could win a. Guy. I'm actually going to talk to Vin Diesel. That would be a huge charity if Vin Diesel said. <laughs> D and D guy, huge D and D guy. Apparently, D &D guy. yeah. I have a D and D like coffee Does, table book that he wrote the foreword on. Oh, wow. oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and oh. I, apparently you like should a, play with us. We're only like eighteen levels of show business below him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we could use him for networking, dude. If we all play D and D, maybe we could get to meet Vin Diesel. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit! Maybe if we play D and D with Vin Diesel, he'll say. You're my family. <laughs> <laughs> my real family. And I think Colbert is a, a big. Uh, oh yeah, I heard he's. Guy. A, well, I know he's a huge Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he's a yeah. like he's an insane Lord of the Rings fan. Yeah. Like uh, one of those like Total Recall like knows every line of the book yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. But I think he played D and D because he credits that to how. I feel like I remember reading an interview where he says the reason he's very good at improvising in character, like what his TV show was for 10 years, oh, yeah. was because it comes from playing D&D. &D. And I, I, when he said that, I was like, that is a lot of like being able to just create constantly, whether yeah, it's improv yeah. or writing stand-up or writing TV or whatever. It's like D&D, &D, you're just like, I got to do something in this moment. Yeah, you just totally. have to. It, it feels a lot like an improv show uh, often. And th that's what I like when playing with you as a DM. It's like, I grew up playing with like real, like just quiet, antisocial nerds. Mm -hmm. Then playing with you, it's like, you're like doing all the voices, the characters, yeah, yeah, like totally. all the NPCs. <laughs> or like, and we're just like so able to have full on improvised conversations yeah, as a totally. drunken dwarf. And uh, <laughs> what was the donk? Donk? What was the big fighter oh, uh, who was like dumb yeah, as donk. Donk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> donk died eventually. Donk, I, think, right? I think we killed Donk. Like, I, think, <laughs> I think we like abused Donk. Donk was one of those NPCs that you used as like a legit meat. Oh, shield. you guys left Donk behind. I remember now. You left him in like a pit. Fighting remember we by found. Himself. Remember we found. Not to keep shitting on Drew's sociopathy, but we found chained up kobolds, and yes. he was like, they could be bad guys. And he's like whipping them. Like, yeah, I he's killed, like they have information, the and he killed them. We're like, they're obviously prisoners. You psychopath. He, he was. He was like animal. There's a reason mother. that this is the guy who's the most powerful guy in show business <laughs> compared to the other players yeah. in the, right, the rest of us are campaign. unsuccessful because we're like oh let's I just can't, chat I everyone. can't hurt somebody like that yeah. <laughs> I make the kobold sign a contract that all of this is I don't have it in me I don't have it in me dude when I got to Game Hall Con this is unrelated to what we were just talking about but when I got to Game Hall Con this is I got to the hotel and I just went to the hotel they recommended on the website uh, without like looking it up or anything <laughs> So I walked in, and there was, like, a couple, like, clearly, like, D&D-type guys working there. And I was like, oh, I'm checking in. And they were like, 
I, I assume you're here for the convention. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, well, uh, I will inform you that the buffet breakfast is from 630 to 930. And I highly recommend Vampire's Revenge should you be playing on floor two or whatever. Uh. And so I super geeked out with the dude being like, oh, yeah, well, I'm here to play D&D, but I play this or that and the other thing. And then the manager came out and was like, oh, have you ever played this? And we like all just like completely bonded. And they're like, yeah, I mean, we might come, you know, when we come out in the lobby and play and stuff, when, we, uh, when we're off our shift, I'm like, great, I'll definitely see you guys. I'll definitely see you guys. I get up to my room. And there's a bunch of fucking bugs in it. Uh, and, and so I had to walk back down. <laughs> hey, buddies. <laughs> immediately after that and be like, I'm checking out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you try to slay the bugs? Uh, you sure you want to leave? I know we're covering cockroaches, but Vampire's Kiss starts at 530 oh, Eastern. Man, we have a complimentary so... dagger if you'd like to go fight the bugs. <laughs> It was such an amazing. I, like, can't, I cast moment. detect disease. <laughs> oh, a man. faint glow. Admit. I cast a two star. <laughs> spell. Take that <laughs> level five trip advisor. <laughs> oh man, it was so amazing to like the timing. Must it was just like and the level, the complete shift and level of of interaction from like yeah. totally to oh for sure. Oh, I love that for sure too. I gotta check out. There's a bunch of words. <laughs> Well, thank you. Okay, you're all, you're well, his, yeah. he, 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 suc- he succeeded in a bug detection saving throw. <laughs> yeah. Roll 17 for, for breath breath yeah, We'll for see b- you next year, sir. <laughs> be, feel free to play this live action module again. Ne- none of you guys have played live action role playing, right? No, 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 no. Me neither. I'm I'm intrigued to do it. I, but again, it's the other people. If I can like do one of those things where you put like all 10 of your friends go through the totally, haunted house yeah. at the same time rather than even like on such a minor level I went to like the haunted hayride and I did some haunted house shit uh, at Universal Hollywood Horror Nights that shit sucks when you go through with people who suck yeah we're like oh look dude it's a fucking scarecrow I'm not afraid oh man nice tits you know we're just saying like <laughs> jokes because they're afraid <laughs> I told this dude to shut up on the haunted hayride and I felt really bad <laughs> my wife goes what ride are you going on next so we know not to take it and, then <laughs> I go, yeah. and she said to dude. that guy we were just lit this dude up because he was making incessant jokes and uh, this is going to sound so obnoxious. I am one of the funniest people on this hayride. And yeah. I, it's like, because yeah. Rogers and Clements are there and other funny people I know are very funny. And we're doing one whispered joke to each other every four to five minutes. This dude is just bulleting. Just, and they're not even jokes. He's like, whoa, look at this guy, huh? Oh, a car. <laughs> so like, he's just saying shit because he's like obviously afraid. And I'm like, hey, man, do we have to tip you? Could you just shut up for a little? It takes you out of it. It really takes you out of a haunted house. And like, I. Yeah. You gotta buy in, and I mean, this is like a now I'm just in a random rant. But <laughs> <laughs> you gotta buy I into these things, now, <laughs> right? Yeah, the, the, the attachment shit doesn't work for stuff like this either. Yeah, I I told uh, the the two guys I was telling you about from True Dungeon that were like, um, I'll be the Pilatin, thank yeah. you. Uh, they would every room we got to, they'd start telling us what to do. They'd be like, Okay, you're up, you move first, and they start telling. And I finally <laughs> I told one of them off. I was like, Dude, stop telling me what to do. Seriously, and like, and then he did, but right. like, I was like, oh, and then he man. was quiet and sullen for the rest yeah, of the yeah, day. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, yeah, it's like sometimes you just need to alpha these people, just be just like, like, relax, he's ruining it for everyone, you right? Know? <laughs> That's so upsetting, too, especially someone who's been through it before. It's like literally like spoiling it, like just ruining shit for you. And that's, I'm like, it goes back to psychoanalyzing these people, like, that's what he. That's where he finds the power in his totally. life. That's you know the I mean? joy, yeah. Yeah. That like IT character that like Jimmy Fallon played on SNL, the guy who was like, uh, it's yeah. just a simple like it that all comes from that reality of just like now's my turn. I to found remember. a subject that I know more about than anybody else. Yes. And now I can Yeah. It's similar to tech guys at theaters. Sometimes yes. not all, but some. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're kinda like, um, actually you're gonna wanna um you know, like that whole And thing. it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, they're those are hardworking, nice guys, but they're not as nice like you're in their world temporarily yeah 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 Yeah. it there is that whole like king of a tiny kingdom mentality yeah that people like latch on and like land grab their little areas and refuse to whether that dude is a pool lifeguard a D &D, D &D, guy runs a little comedy club somewhere oh Oh, those small comedy club owners or small theater owners who are like when you do like a uh teach an improv workshop out of town and and the guy who owns the theater is the one questioning everything you bring up and you're like you're paying me to teach this fucking like everyone's got their (laughs) little corner that they won't give so yeah i mean i stopped teaching 
teaching improv years ago, but I would, I had, I got to a point when I taught improv when there was that person that you're talking about where I'd start being like, yeah, you're right. Okay, well, yeah, Terry thinks we should do this, so we'll do that. Because just like, I don't care. I don't, you've got to give right. me money not to learn. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Right. That, my argument with those dudes were always like, hey, I, that's totally fine. You believe what you want, but you're, at, you're currently paying for me to teach you, so why don't you just go along with what I'm doing? Like, why don't you just go, you're, this is what you chose to spend your money on. I didn't make you take this class. Those are my fucking cocks. <laughs> Those fucking pieces of shit. So, <laughs> Super weird anger. What what about what about media? Has anything ever come out f- like I feel like I'm cl- I mean Game of Thrones the TV show is the closest thing to scratching that itch. Like the Hobbit movies were I mean the uh, Lord of the Rings movies were great, the Hobbit movies n- not so much. But like I remember when the fl- the Crod Mondoon and the Flaming Sword of Fire was going to come out on Comedy Central. It was like a, a oh, fantasy shit, comedy that, series yeah. that was like in the what vein of Krull. It came out Did for like 10 out episodes, but no one watched it. It was garbage. And it like, I just remember when I was People a kid. People don't want to see a funny version of that stuff. That's the thing. It's right. Like, that, the reason you watch that stuff is so you can see badass, awesome, epic Right, your highness didn't really Adventure. work, and, yeah. and and I and that's like right in my wheelhouse, and I love, I fucking love uh, Danny McBride. It did, I'm dying. They're making a and d movie. I've seen that like on Deadline and um I'm ho- I'm hearing rumors that there's other like fa- fantasy series being greenlit because of Game of Thrones. How popular. do you do a and d movie? That's my question because what makes it a and d movie and not just here's a fantasy movie? Right. Right? It's got to, like, you, because the archetypes from D&D are the archetypes from fantasy. It's like, right. you got to have a wizard to fight. It's there almost would be no like, D&D without Tolkien right. to proceed. Yeah, I think it doesn't work in that direction. I think that, like, role-playing is, I want to play in that world I saw. So, essentially, D&D is, you know, I mean, that's why Middle-Earth role-playing became a thing. Yeah, right. Because be they basically just ripped yeah. off Tolkien for D&D. Right, right, but, right. Like, but, like, um, yeah, you go, oh, I want to be in the world of Tolkien, so I'll play D&D. I don't... And I, I think it's then like, well, if I watch it, you're just showing me it again. Like, you know right. what I mean? But you, you're you still a fan of fantasy. Like, I'm, I read fantasy. I love I'm, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. and I love yeah. Game of Thrones. I love The Song of Ice and Fire, the books. But it, there's, I can't believe there's so little of that in the world based on, yeah. Game of Thrones is the breakthrough where it's like. I think like, we're going to see you know, a lot of, of more. Fam- like, yeah. It's one lot. of the most famous shows in the world, you know, and it is in that, and it, it, it did it. It basically. I remember seeing the ads and being like, "Holy shit! It's D and D, the TV show." That's right. Awesome, exactly. You know? There's well, the way they did it is they they sort of fed us the fantasy elements very slowly, bit by bit. Yeah, totally. You know, that, you don't see, you don't see like baby dragons until the very you yeah, know, last you're right. And that's what's fun season. about that's what that's what makes a Song of Ice and Fire uh, uh, as a book series good is that it's a lot of like magic is like what? There's no magic. Like a, a majority of characters don't believe in it, oh, so it kind right. of gives that energy to it, which makes and that makes it even more palatable for television. Um, like, and I've read some other fantasy series where it's not as esoteric and magic based and it's like a lot more like the barbarians the main, and I'm like, that would be a great movie or trilogy or series. Tolkien yeah. was also kind of like that, not to keep beating a dead yeah, horse, yeah. but like in the <clears throat> Lord of the Rings books, like, you know, magic is sort of something that's fading and, and yeah. And Gandalf well, doesn't right. like, he's not yeah. constantly just deus ex machina, like fixing everything except no. for the Eagles. Well, but. he does show up once in a while. Yeah, well, <laughs> he, he does, kind of, he does kind of save the day randomly a few times. <laughs> Magic is like the ultimate, like, just like, Oh, we need to get like, Oh, we need a second act break. Oh, I won't cast a spell. We're moving, moving on. Uh, and I'm dying. I'm dying for more shit like that. I, I, I know what you're saying, Charlie. Acting in it is the most fun part. But I think if you put together a, a, a D&D movie where it was like, it's the four archetype parties, you know, it's like a sneaky, you just kind of go bare bones. It's like a fighter, a rogue, a wizard, and a cleric on an adventure. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I, I, I would I would watch Meanwhile, it. Or Marlon Seth Rogen <laughs> and some of his buddies are the guys playing D&D Whoa, in yeah. the other parallel scenes. And then the credits are like, you right? roll a dice and you see the name of yeah. the die. How many TV pitches or movie pitches are that? A group a of lot. dudes are playing D&D and they're sucked into the real world. <laughs> and we see what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, Or like, we, we see this... I remember seeing an awesome episode of that cartoon, Dexter's Laboratory, where it was like he was role playing and they kept cutting to like the in game. And he was like the type of dude who's like, <laughs> I have a level 20 death cycle. And Dexter kept like pushing up his characters. And he was mad at his sister, who his sister's like, I have a rainbow unicorn and I'm just petting her and feeding her. And he's like, I'm like, I'm a death knight with a machine gun. Like, and it just keeps escalating. It was like, that was like a, for me as a kid, I was like, yes. D- and the Freaks and Geeks episode. When oh, I yeah, saw the D D episode and uh, James Franco sits down with them, I was like, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> 
Kirk Tomato's uh, Critical Hit web series that I was in. <laughs> oh yeah, I vaguely remember. That. I was I did like a dude's web series, and then he put it online like nine years later because right. it has like Ellie Kemper, uh, Jackie Clark. Ah, everybody like, oh, got yeah. famous. He was like, oh, these people are <laughs> yeah. He put, now. he put it out like nine yeah, years hilarious. later, and I like I'm like, oh my god, I look so young. I don't even remember shooting that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we act in a thing together where you were Leroy Jenkins? Yes, we did do that with Deluca. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We did uh, live action. We did Leroy, uh, Office Leroy Jenkins was the premise. Right. And I was like, I think I was like the boss. You were the boss. And then, and then you would hold like TPS reports, whatever. And, I'd and then you'd come in and like blow everything up. And I'd be like, oh, Leroy. <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Sounds man, good. that is where we first met. That's where yes, me, that's, you, and DeLuca yeah. stood next to each other, and we realized we were the evolution of man. <laughs> <laughs> we're the three. Is DeLuca the... Wait, where? Where's DeLuca? The middle? I think DeLuca's... I, I, I think th- it goes DeLuca, me, you, and because it like we just get bigger and hairier past oh, DeLuca. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> though Deluca's not going to be happy with us calling out how sloppy he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Eh, he's fine. He's not listening. He does not that supportive of a friend. Um, all right, guys. <laughs> so uh, we, let's wrap this up. Uh, how should we wrap this up? Uh, In character monologues. <laughs> all right. We'll each do eleven minutes as in-character monologues. <laughs> Feel free to shut it off at this point. My name is Archaeopteryx. I'm a thief, <laughs> a high elf thief. <laughs> it's me. Rhiannon, the, the Lizard King. Um, so, Andre, Andre, where can uh, people find you on social media, or uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Or Check uh, fucking Google.com. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, Andre uh, actually <laughs> is the president of Google. So yeah. <laughs> where can they? T- I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a drunken asshole on Twitter, Dubichet. And in D- person. You should let people. Well, I'm a drunken nice guy in person. Come that's on. true. You are, you um, are a more aggressive. On Twitter, that's where that I'm telling you, that's where the fucking the misanthropy ah, nerd, nerd in me really yeah. comes out. Where it, like you're like a teddy in real life, and then like a grizzly. It's like on, because yeah. you know it's like you got the random internet thing, and you can just like bark bullshit into the wind and yeah, and be I, a be a prick. And uh, I'm trying not to do that anymore. But <laughs> every once in a while, I have a few too many beers, and I turn into that asshole. So if you but, want Andre to ball you out, <laughs> just hit him up on Twitter. <laughs> I've been blocked by other comedians who I barely know. I feel terrible. About it. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I called some guy a cunt. Excuse me. Pardon my pardon my French. Oh, that's fine. We have a big be- British listener because base, so uh, okay. <laughs> it was like when the Mets uh, won the end the uh, the you know the National League yeah. and they were going to the World Series. I tweeted something and then this guy, this other comedian who I don't really know, but like is a well respected guy. You know, started sort of jumping down my throat because he was a Dodgers fan and he was pissed that the Mets had beaten the Dodgers and he was being a prick to me. And then I was instantly like, fuck you, you cunt. I, fucking, <laughs> I barely know who you are, but you're a fucking cunt. And then he blocked me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this guy writes for a TV show. And like, why did I piss this guy off? <laughs> so if you want to network with Andre, hit him up on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I can really help you. <laughs> Um, cool, uh, Charlie. Do you have a? Uh, w- you can follow me on Twitter if you want to. Uh, it's going to be. It's just crossword puzzle times. So disappointing, yeah. but uh, it's <laughs> Charlie underscore Sanders. Ooh, tight. So who has Charlie Sanders with the underscore? Some Englishman who rode a bike race, tweeted about it like five years ago, and then never tweeted again. Oh yeah, that's like someone who has at Gabrus wrote something like eight years ago. Oh, so annoying. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug, Charlie? Anything people should be watching? Uh no no. <laughs> uh, check out Gen Con. <laughs> hey, watch Conan O'Brien. Oh yeah, watch. There's my plug. Yeah, right. He's a funny guy. Check out. Him. Keep, keep watching. Andre's just like he's. That's his favorite late night talk show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm at John Gabris on Twitter. No H's. And I know I say this every week, but next week will be the week I do this. Tweet, uh, write reviews on iTunes and roast me. Light me the fuck up in the comments and I will read them on air. Um, stocking up a bunch. Get out there. Call me a fat dude. Call me Bluto in real life. Uh, <laughs> call me a, a no talent Jack Black. Whatever you want to call me, get on there. Roast me up and I'll read them out loud on the show. So subscribe, all that shit. And uh, guys. If you want to play D&D, if you're out there, if you're a 15-year-old kid who's figured out podcasts but not Dungeons & Dragons yet, play. Yeah, it's fun. It gets better. It gets better. (laughs) 
We like shit on nerds so much. It gets better, except if you're an asshole nerd. <laughs> yeah, the irony is we it, are it gets all better asshole if you're nerds not here. a dick. Yeah, but we're like, really we're fr- like we're social, uh, and I don't, you don't have you can be antisocial and still not be a dick. Totally. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's what I'll say. That's our signing off. Hey, guys, play D&D. You could be antisocial and still be a dick. Thanks for listening. Later, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.